Well, today is Mother's Day, and it gives us an opportunity to embrace and practice a behavior, an attitude that is the gateway to great blessing in all of our relationships. And not just to mothers or even fathers or significant others, but with everybody. In fact, um, I like the way the famous theologian Charles Barkley puts it. <laughs> everybody need to say thank you. <laughs> Let's look at the title of my sermon. And actually, I want you to repeat this with me because it's foundational in what I want to say. Repeat after me. I feel it, I feel it. but I don't always express it. Therefore, it doesn't count. Make it count. Say it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it. Kathy and I used to watch our grandnephew, Judah, and we'd get him about four or five days a week when we lived in Portland. And we got him from an infant, and right about, when he was 11 or 12 months, I forget how old he was, uh, wasn't quite talking, could say a few words. Uh, we would feed him, get there at 8 o'clock in the morning, and then we'd feed him some breakfast. And uh, he's a little picky, but he loved bananas. And so we would chop up a half of a banana, and I would give him the, the banana, chop it up, so he, and then he would pick it up, and the delight on his face when he would, you know, he just, he just, and then when he was finishing, he wanted more, he would bat his beautiful eyes at me and he would go, tattoo, tattoo. And of course, my heart would just melt. And I'd just go get the other half of that banana and chop it up and, and give him some more. And he would eat it and then he'd look at me and go, tattoo. <laughs> and uh, so then we'd put him on the floor and he would crawl over to the, the door. We'd leave the screen door open and he would look outside. And he would watch it. We lived off of a, a major avenue, a lot of traffic going by, and he watched the cars. I knew what he wanted. So we lived right next to I-5. And uh, so I would take him outside and would walk to the overpass uh, for I-5 and look out at the traffic. And I'd hold him up, and he would just... <sighs> and uh, honestly, sometimes I wouldn't feel like taking him out, but I knew he loved it so much, and he was so appreciative. In fact... We even got him a little stroller so we could, so Kathy and I could take him for a walk and he could be outside. And, um, and we kept it at our house. We didn't even send it home. It was, it was for him, but we did it for him. And it was a, a joy. And all of that was ignited by his attitude of gratitude. He loved it. And uh, it's just wonderful to say thank you. I don't care what language it is, you know, whether it's German, Dr. Sean, you know. Or French, merci, Italian, grazie, Spanish, gracias, gracias de nada, prego, thank you, you're welcome, thank you, you're welcome. It's just a wonderful thing. And, but here's the power thought that I want to leave with you this morning, the power thought. Obedience can get you in the door, but gratitude will get you more. Now, there's something in between it, but that's the kernel of it. Obedience can get you in the door, but gratitude <laughs> will get you more. Say that with me. Obedience can get you in the door, but gratitude will get you more. You see, gratitude creates a stream of you're welcome and thank you. 
that produces blessing and healing and life. Michael Miko, where's Michael? Where? Oh, he's high. He's high. Michael, stand up. Michael, I know you hate being up in the public, and you told me you didn't want me to do this, but I just have to thank you. Uh, you are such an amazing talent, and the way you work with our children and the drama stuff that you do and all this video that you did, did, uh, did today and have done in the past, I appreciate you so much, and I just want to say thank you, Michael. Well, no, thank you. No, Michael, really, thank you. <laughs> Let's give Michael a great big hand. So let's practice that. Everybody stand up. And I want you to go over to, now you have 89.2 seconds to do this. So you got to do it quickly. Go over to someone you didn't come to church with this morning, and I want you to express appreciation. You can say, well, thank you for being with us here at Mother's Day, or you can say, but first get their name now. Okay, thank you for being here. Thank you for that beautiful smile. Thank you for your whatever, just whatever comes to mind, but thank you. Now, when you receive the thank you, of course, you respond by saying, you're welcome. And then if there's something that you can appreciate about them, then give that back to them. And uh, so let's do that. You have eight, let's do that with at least two people. So you have 89.4 seconds to do this. Find two people and share something about them and thank them. Nice to see you here with your family. Well, thank you. Thanks so nice to be here. here. Nice All to right. see you. You're doing a great job. Thank you. <laughs> You're silly. <laughs> you may be seated. You may be seated. <clears throat> I know all the introverts in the house were saying, thank you for telling us to be seated. <laughs> but it's a wonderful thing to be able to say thank you. I read this story this week of ingratitude, and it really resonated with me because, sad to say, too often, I am guilty of ingratitude, taking things for granted. And so in this story, the writer is talking about when he was in college, and he says, as Saturdays go for college students, mine were always a bit atypical, particularly during football season. 
He says, I was part of the marching band at my school, and every Saturday our football team had a home game, and we had band practice on the field at 9 a.m. I don't think I have to tell you that the marching band practice at 9 a.m. on Saturday was not easy on any of us, but what it was was what it was. And so we would assemble at 9, many of us still in pajamas, <laughs> and run through our show on those Saturday mornings. However, he says, I vividly remember one Saturday morning late in my college career when we arrived at the field to discover the band director had brought us donuts and orange juice for the entire band. Wow, we all indulged heartily before practice began. Our spirits were lifted as we took the field. Donuts just seemed to have that effect. It was great. Now, normally a few donuts on Saturday morning wouldn't be particularly noteworthy. But here is why I remember this so well. It was because of a class I went to on Monday, just two days later. It was a small music ed methods class taught by the band director. And as we gathered for class that day, he told us that of the roughly 85 people in the band, not one single person had thanked him for those donuts he brought on Saturday. Needless to say, those of us in the class who were part of the band were quite ashamed, and we quickly offered our thanks to the band director, but really it was too late. And it wasn't that the band wasn't appreciative of what our band director had done for us. Of course we were. The problem was that none of us had bothered to express our appreciation to the band director. He'd gone out of his own way, put up his own money, to buy those donuts and juice so we all could enjoy it. And none of us had bothered to, to say thank you. Not one. Now, this passage that we read this morning together from Luke poignantly tells another story of ingratitude. The lepers came to Jesus with a desperate longing. And he cured them. He cured them. And nine of the 10 never came back to give thanks. It was the truth of the donuts. It's the truth of healing. It's the truth of humanity that often when we've gotten what we want, we don't come back and say thank you. But what if we were to think about gratitude as an expression of faith? or even that they are one and the same. In many of the healing stories that Jesus, that we read about Jesus in the Bible, uh, people, Jesus heals people because of their faith. The faith that compelled them to come to him seeking his healing touch, believing that he had the power to heal them. And so Jesus tells the grateful Samaritan leper that his faith has healed him as well, but this time, it's the foreigner's faithful gratitude and praise to God that makes him well. Now, I've read this story many, many, many times, and honestly, I just noticed it this week as I was studying the text. Something very significant. The ten lepers in the story achieved what they were looking for when they came to Jesus. Well, they wanted better health. Who doesn't want better health? But here it is. If they had not been obedient, they wouldn't have gotten what they came for. 
if they had not been obedient. Now, Jesus says, you want to be healed? Go show, show yourself to the priest. I could just, and I thought about this, I could just imagine their hesitation. Go show ourselves to the priest. The priests are the one who declared that we have to live outside the city gates. We get go to the priest, and the priest is going to say, all right, just say you're unclean and go back where you came from. Uh, Jesus, do you have, is there another plan here in place? Go to them? Kind of reminds me of that story. The guy was at Grand Canyon, and he was too close to the edge, and he slipped, and he's hurtling down to his death, and there's a tree limb hanging out from the crevices, and he grabs a hold of it, breaking his fall, and he's hanging there for dear life. And he screams up, help, help. And he hears this voice, and this voice says, it's God. I can help you. And the man says, great. And the voice of God says, let go. Uh, is there anybody else up there? <laughs> Jesus, don't you have a better idea? I'm not sure this is going to work. Go show ourselves to the priest. But they went. And if they hadn't been obedient, everybody say obedient. obedient. They would not have gotten their healing. So the power of obedience. But let's come back to the power thought. Obedience can get you in the door, but gratitude that transitions into faith and then into worship will get you more. Now listen to the text carefully. Verse 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. In a loud voice. Everybody say in a loud voice. Hello. You know, one of the secrets to you getting what you need from God is enthusiastic, loud praise. Well, I'm just, I'm just really more a conservative. <laughs> you know, and I don't believe in raising my voice. Oh, yeah, you raise your voice all right, especially when you get angry. <laughs> or whatever you're enthusiastic about. But this man didn't care about convention. He came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. In other words, he was one of the outsiders. And Jesus asked him, we're not all ten cleansed, we're the other nine. Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise, I love this, and go. Your faith has made you well. See, in the first part, he was healed from his health situation. But now Jesus says to him, all right, I touched you on the outside. I'm getting ready to do something powerful in your life. And the first thing he says to him is rise, rise in your self-esteem, rise in your expectations for the future, rise in your ability to overcome obstacles, rise in your relationship environments, rise in your financial endeavors, rise, step up and step out. Then he says, go. You no longer have to live under the circumstances. Go and move to new places and new experiences. Go and see what God has for you. And then the coup de grace. Yes, you were obedient, you were healed on the outside, but now because you trusted me and believed in me and worshipped me, your faith, everybody say your faith. Your faith has made you well. In other words, I'm doing a work in your life. But now, but now that you've been touched by my power, and your faith in my power has touched your life, you've got something for the future. Now when you come against something in your future life as you're walking along and obstacles rise up and disappointments come, you can call on your faith. 
It's your faith in me, but it is your faith. Rise. Your faith has made you well. It can make a difference and bring change. Now, as I bring this to a conclusion, I want to say a word to our young people. And a word to those of us who are young in the faith. To those of us who are being mentored and helped to grow in our faith. Now, I'm couching this to our youth, but it applies to most of us in here. Young people, you can create a legacy of peace and righteousness. You can create a legacy of peace and righteousness. Now, here's a practical application of the power thought. Obedience will get you in the door. Gratitude will get you more. Those of you who are being mentored by other godless people he's put in your life, I want you to practice saying this. Young people, I want you to practice saying this. Here it is. You can say pastor, elder, leader, friend, and young people, say this to your mother and blow her mind. (laughs) I don't like what you just told me to do, but thank you. (laughs) I don't like what you just told me to do. Elder, it's uncomfortable. I've got to stretch and move in areas of my life that I'm not used to operating in, but thank you. I don't like this suggestion of self-sacrifice that pushes me out of my comfort zone into another place. I really don't like the way it feels, but thank you. Everybody say thank you. Thank you. Now, here's the other part of it. And you might, not, you might need to get a copy of this message just for what I'm about to tell you right now. It doesn't seem pleasant to me. However, I am going to submit myself to your discipline, not because it feels good, but because it's right. And I am creating a legacy of peace and righteousness for my future. That's what I'm doing. You say, well, that's a, a bold thing for you to say, Pastor. What do you mean you creating a legacy of righteousness? How is that possible? Well, you just go to the word of God. You go to Hebrews 12, 11. Here it is. In fact, if you've got it and you can put it up on the screen, let's all say it together. Hebrews 12, 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on. Whoa, hold it right there. In fact, let's back it up from the top. Here we go. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. That's it. That's it. Wherever you are in your walk, Young person, you say, well, my, my, my mother, she don't understand me. She may understand more than you know. You say, well, 
That's all good words the pastor is saying this morning, but he doesn't know the life that I'm facing and challenges I have in my life. And here he is telling me to do this. It may seem painful, but later on, hallelujah, later on, after some time has passed, later on, after you've gone through something, later on, after you've stood on the word of God by faith, Later on, after you've been obedient, oh, the legacy of peace and righteousness. Do you know what that is? Peace, the shalom of God, the love of God, righteousness, to be good, to know that whatever happens, you made the right choices and you're standing in God's goodness, not your goodness, but God's goodness. You're creating a legacy of righteousness for your life. We are greatly blessed because of the love of our generous Savior. Yet here's a question. Is our gratitude to God reflective of his generosity to us? There's an old spiritual discipline of listing one's blessing and naming them before God and giving thanks. They say, I just thank you. Just thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I, uh, <laughs> I went swimming this morning before I came to church. And I'm in the pool. I got there real early because I had to get to church. So pool opens at 7 o'clock. I was there quarter to 7. And there's a couple of guys who are always there early. And so they got in the pool. And the pool, the water was great. It was great to be in, in the water at 7 o'clock in the morning. But they got in there and they were just complaining. Mother's Day. They're just making money off of us. You know what a Mother's Day card costs? $6. The other cards cost three bucks. That one cost me $6. It's just an excuse to get more money for us. And they were just going on and on and on. And I was thinking, Lord, I'm thank you that you gave me strength to be here this morning. I thank you that they heated up the water and it wasn't as cold. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity I have to share your love. You know, when you just start saying thank you, and especially, so I, and, and I can't, I think I've told you this before, I'm not a great swimmer, but I got a little something. In fact, I was doing my uh, treading water thing. <laughs> One of the guys go, is Henry awake? <laughs> I was just barely moving. That's okay, friends. I might not be moving fast, but I'm moving. Hallelujah. I'm moving across that pool, and I'm getting my workout, getting my stuff in, and God is strengthening me so that at my age, I'm the healthiest I've been in 15 years, and I'm experiencing the blessing of God, and every day he wakes me up, I say, thank you. But it starts with obedience, with obedience. God whispered some things to me when I first came to this church, and I said, God, I don't think, Lord, is there somebody else up there? <laughs> I don't think that's what, really, God, that's what you, and God said, yeah. I said, okay, well, you said so, God, so I'll do it. I didn't want to do it. And guess what? I am seeing the fruit of obedience. It's sitting right here in this congregation. I'm seeing the fruit of obedience. And then the fruit of thanksgiving. But, you know, it's easy to get caught up in our rights. I deserve this. I deserve that. And, and, and 
you know, we become bitter and angry when we don't get all that we're entitled to. But uh, joy is the way to go. <sighs> the grateful person regards others' acts of kindness and experience of God's grace with profound appreciation. Let me close with this poem. It's a poem about mothers. And then I'm going to ask my bride to come up. In fact, Kathy, come on up here right now. I'm going to share this poem with you. And then I was talking to Kathy yesterday, and she was sharing her devotion with me. The thought, for those of us who may struggle on this Mother's Day, because Mother's Day is a great day of celebration, but it's also very painful for many people. It's hard times, and I appreciate that. But here's a poem about mothers that I just love this. Mom, you are the centerpiece of my life, the light in my sun. I can't thank you enough for all you've done. You make me smile when I'm sad. You're the best mother a child could ever have. You console me deeply when something's wrong. You know when something's happened or something's going on. I appreciate the love you bring in. You cheer me up when I lose. You make me laugh when I win. You turn my moon into a sun. You've done too much, though my life has just begun. You give me a shelter and food to eat. You are the soles in my shoes, the bones in my feet. You support me and hold me tall. You stand me high and don't let me fall. You make my life easier in every way. That's why I want to say happy Mother's Day. Kathy, would you come? And doesn't she look beautiful this morning? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, I've taught her all about colors and fashion. And the way the devotion is written, it's as if God is talking to you. Um, so when I read it, it's, it's, it's God talking to me or to us. And this is the devotion for today, May the 11th. Thank me for your problems. As soon as your mind gets snagged on a difficulty, bring it to me with thanksgiving. Then ask me to show you my way to handle the situation. The very act of thanking me releases your mind from its negative focus. As you turn your attention to me, the problem fades in significance and loses its power to trip you up. Together, we can deal with the situation, either facing it head on or putting it aside for later consideration. Most of the situations that entangle your mind are not today's concerns. You have borrowed them from tomorrow. In this case, I lift the problem out of today and deposit it in the future where it, where it is veiled from your eyes. In its place, I give you my peace, which flows freely from my presence. Um, and then there are two scriptures that this is taken from. Philippians 4, 6, which says, Do not be anxious about anything, 
but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. The second one is John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Hmm. Amen. So would you bow your heads with me and open your hands like this. See the way my hands are? They're open to receive from God. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Lord, would you come in your fullness and in your beauty and in your power. Help us to embrace a grateful spirit, a thankful heart. Thank you for your greatest gift, the gift of salvation. You went to the cross and bore in your body all of our selfishness, independence, hardness of heart, rebellion, all of it. And so, Lord, we just turn it over to you. Come and refresh us. Change our hearts. Fill us with your love and your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.